welcome to church. <laughs> oh, it is an honor to be here in this altar preaching the word of God today. My heart is exploding. Uh, listen, I, I was in the kitchen just going through my notes, and there is fire in this place. Like your worship is just literally moving and shaking this building because I know that your worship is going to move mountains this morning. Come on, are you ready for the word of God today? I'm so ready for the Word of God today. For those that do not know me, if you're visiting us for the first time, my name is Liz Mar Thurber. I am the worship pastor here at Passionate Life Church. And we just want to welcome you. For those that are watching us online, also welcome to Passionate Life Church. What an honor it is to be in the house of God for such time as this. For such time as this. And I want to thank Pastor Don and Andrew for giving me the opportunity to bring the Word today. Amen. So I am, I grew up in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you hear the accent. It's there. I know. You hear it. I don't hear it. You have the accent. I don't. But it's okay. So I grew up in the island of Puerto Rico, and at age 16, I remember vividly, like it was today, my dad trying to give me driving lessons. Have you been there? When it's not very fun. And your dad is just, or your mom is just trying to teach you. And you're like, ah, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to do. But one thing I will never forget that my dad told me was this. Lizmar, there's two things I want you to do. Number one, put your hands on the wheel. Okay. Number two, I want you to look straight ahead and do not look back. I want you to look forward. And don't look back. I want you, and literally, this is what happened. True story. He looked straight at my eyes, very, very close. And he said, eye of the tiger. <laughs> you know, back in the 90s, in the 80s, eye of the tiger, that song. Literally, he started singing it. And I know you're singing it in your mind. I know, I know. So as a kid, and I was learning how to drive, I remember that, eye of the tiger, eye of the tiger. I need to keep looking forward. I need to look because where I look, that's where I will go. And this morning, I want to encourage you about something. Because where you look is where you will go. And in God, I want you to understand there is something that he wants us to to teach us as his sons and daughters that when we are driving in this journey of life, that Jesus is right there next to us. He wants us to focus on him. Not on the past, not on, on what is behind us, but what is in front of us. How many times in our lives we are stuck in the past? We are stuck in an emotion. We are stuck in a moment. We are stuck in things that happen. And God is saying, it's time. It's time to start to look forward into the future I have for you. It's time for you to look forward to what I've called you for you to do. And stop looking back in the rearview meter and be like, what's coming? There's a car behind me. Oh, no, there's trouble. And God is saying, look forward because where you look, that's where you will go. That's where you will go. Let's go in the word of God today. And we'll go to Luke chapter 17. Verse 32. And it's a very long scripture, so I want you to pay attention so you don't miss it. Remember 
Lot's wife. Let's say that again. Remember Lot's wife. And for you that you don't know, if you don't know this, um, this is the second shortest scripture in the Bible. And the first one is what? Oh, here we go. You know it. So this is the, the second shortest scripture in the Bible. And there is power behind the scripture because Jesus said to remember Lot's wife. And there is always purpose when Jesus said to remember something. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, Lord, we just surrender at your feet. I pray that you will take, Lord, this place and this space in this moment, Lord, that you remove me, Lord, and that you will speak to through me as a vessel of your glory. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for every person that is here. I pray for hearts to be open, ready to receive your word, ready to receive, Lord, what you have for them, that they will leave this place empowered, knowing, Lord, that there is a plan and a future for them, Lord, that their past is not your future. Jesus, I thank you, give you all the honor and glory. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. So I need to give you a little context on this verse because this is a very powerful chapter. So when you get a chance, go to Luke chapter 17. But I want to give you a little context on verses 20 through 37. And in this chapter, it talks about, in those verses, that the Pharisees went to talk to Jesus. And they wanted to know when was the kingdom of God to come. And Jesus said, and I'm just paraphrasing, I'm here. I am here. But then he looked at the disciples and said, but wait. And in that moment, Jesus was preparing the disciples for him to go to the cross and pay the price for our freedom and then resurrect at the third day. And he was preparing them for that moment. But he was saying, but listen, there's going to be a time that you're going to look for me and I'm not going to be there. But I want you to be ready because I am coming back. I am coming back and I want you to be ready for that moment. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples about getting ready to come back. That they may not see the time. They may not see that moment. But to always be prepared. And as he's speaking, and the Pharisees are listening, the disciples are listening to this. Then in verse 29, but the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. And verse 32, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. That's a little odd. He just out of the blue says, remember Lot's wife. And I believe in such a time as this, as the church, Jesus wants us to remember what happened to Lot's wife. In such a time as this, in this time in 2023, Jesus wants us not to forget what happened to Lot's wife. And in the scripture, Lot's wife is only referred to twice. One in the Old Testament in Genesis and one here in Luke. 
So it's very powerful how in Genesis, and I will going to talk about this story a little bit in depth on what happened. But it's interesting how Jesus in Luke to the disciples said, remember Lot's wife. And I want you to know that Lot's wife was remembered out of a hundred, over 150 women mentioned in the Bible. I just imagine... Eve saying, wait a minute. You want them to remember Lot's wife? She doesn't even have a name. And I am Eve. I am the first woman. I came out of a rib. And you want Lot's wife to be remembered? I imagine Mary saying, really? Seriously, Jesus? I birthed you in a manger. I was chosen by God to bring you into this world. And you want them to remember Lot's wife. Yes. And there is something very powerful about this. Because of course we remember Eve. Of course we remember Mary. Of course we remember Esther. We remember Deborah. We remember Miriam. We remember this powerful woman in the Bible. But there is something about Lot's wife that God wants to pay attention he wants us to pay attention to it. And I want to go into Genesis chapter 19, verse 16 through 17. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful when they were safely out of the city one of the angels ordered I want you to hear this run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley escape to the mountains or you will be swept away let's continue and we go into verse 23 and 26 Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind, and she turned into a pillar of salt. In this time, Sodom and Gomorrah was a city that was perverted, that their sin was perversion, sexual immorality. And in that time, because I want you to know that Lot was Abraham's nephew. So remember, the Lord gave Abraham just a lot of riches and a lot of, of things and a lot of um, influence. So Lord, as his nephew, the Lord blessed him as well. So he had a lot of wealth. So the Bible talks about that Lot went into the plains of Sodom. And there he married. And there he had two daughters. And in that city, there was a lot of perversion, but he was a man of God. And in this story, the Bible talks about how Abraham was praying for God to protect his nephew and his family. And the Lord sent two angels to warn Lot. And those two angels said, listen, you got to leave because this city 
is about to be destroyed because of their iniquity. Because of their cho uh, choosing to live a life of perversion. And I want to preserve you and your family. And what happened? Lot said, okay. And the angels were running with him and, and his wife and his two daughters. And in that moment, and I love how the Lord is always speaking to us. I love how the Lord is always warning us. And the, and the angel said, and I want you to go back, and says, when they were safely out of the city, he ordered them, run for your lives and don't look back. As simple as that. I'm going to save you. I have something for you in the future. Just run and don't look back. How many times in our lives we have the direction from the Lord, that the Lord is speaking to us, that the Lord is leading us, and every time the Lord is saying, keep going, I got your back, and you're like, wait, what? But what I had over here is just so much better. It was comfortable. It was so good. But God is saying, but what I have for you, it's better. What I have for you, it's better. So in this, in this chapter, it says, run for your lives and don't look back. It was simple. It was simple. This woman, as she's running, I can just imagine how Lot's wife was feeling. Wait a minute. Am I leaving my house? Am I leaving um, my family, my friends? I had influence. Wait a minute. I had wealth. And you are telling me that I need to leave my house? To a place that I do not know? How many times God is calling us to move in faith and step in faith, but we are so afraid because we don't know what God has for us. We're so afraid to trust God in the process. We're so afraid of the journey that we forget to look to where God is leading us to, to look ahead and not look back. But Lot's wife was missing her life in that moment. She was missing what once was. And as she's running, the Bible says in the next few verses, and then she looked back. And I cannot imagine the heartbreak of Lot and their, and their two daughters when they found that their mom did what the angels told her not to do. And as she Look back, she became a pillar of salt. And in that moment, in that moment, that's when disobedience came in. And that's when her life stayed stagnant. And that's when her life at that moment stopped from the plan and the purpose God had for her and her family. We just ended a, a nine-week series, Victory is Here. And in this series, Pastor uh, last week was talking about the sword, the Word of God, the power that the Word of God has. And living in that life and knowing that we have the authority of Christ. So victory cannot happen unless we move forward into what Jesus has. If we continue to look back and stay stagnant, listen, we are going to become like Lot's wife, like a pillar of salt. Like a pillar of salt. God wants us to be in victory, move in victory, operate in victory, and know who we are in Christ. Amen? 
For I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29, 11. Declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We are stuck in places in our lives, in pain in our lives. And we are saying, but Jesus, Jesus, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what happened. And we are Christians coming to church every Sunday, tithing, going to life groups. And we are Christians that are faithful. But guess what? We are still stuck in our past. We're still operating in our past. We're still stuck in unforgiveness. We are still stuck in things that have been done to us. And God is saying it's time. It's time for you to forgive. It's time for you to receive the plans and the future and the hope I have for you. Not to stay stagnant, not to look behind, but look forward to what I have for you. Listen, there's seasons that are finished, but we stay stuck in those seasons, calcified in those places. We were supposed to be passing through just like Lot's wife. We were supposed to be passing through that season. And we look back and we stay there stuck as a pillar of salt. Listen, God wants you to look forward at the future that he has for you. Not to look back. Listen, you and I are the salt of the earth. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? Can you? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. As worthless. It's, stop to stop. it's time to stop lingering in your past. It's time to stop lingering if what, for what once was. There's many that remember those trophies from back in high school 20 years ago. From football and basketball and cheer. And we're stuck in those memories. Oh, that was so great. And you are living that life stuck. Like, oh, that could never happen again. And instead of saying, wow, Lord, thank you for what happened then. Because what you have for me, that taught me who I am today. That past taught me to move forward. Thank you, Jesus, for those victories. Because I can move into the future that you have for me. Amen. And he has a plan and a future for your life. And I want to show a picture. Because how important this is about God wants us to remember Lot's wife. And Amber, um, if many of you do not know her, she is our administrative assistant here at Passionate Life Church. And um, she was sharing this with me, and I had to look it up. She went to Jordan and Israel, and when she was in Jordan, in the Dead Sea area of Jordan, there is a tour guide that took her to this area of the Dead Sea. And this tour guide told her, do you see that pillar of salt? That's in Mount Sodom. A salt rock plug is located in the southeast corner of the Dead Sea. The salt pillar is referred to as Lot's wife. That is today. Google it. I'm not picking this up. Now, if it's Lot's wife, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that story, what happened over 
2,000 years ago, is still alive in Jordan, in Israel today. They still remember Lot's wife. That's how powerful what Jesus said is. That there is an actual statue that people recognize that that could be Lot's wife. Listen, fear is a liar. And fear wants to paralyze you. So you need to be intentional to engage in what God has for you in the future instead of listening to the past, listening to the voice of the enemy, letting you be stuck so you could look back, so you could turn into a pillar of salt. It's time for us as the church to rise up and know that we have been called, that we have been chosen to be the salt of the earth, not pillars of salt. Amen? The salt of the earth. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this. One thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Say with me, I press on. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Listen, if Paul was paying attention to everything that happened to him in the past, he would, would have never been moving forward, planting churches, and preaching the gospel. Even in jail, he was preaching the gospel. He was not stuck in his circumstance. He was not stuck in his past. He looked forward. He knew that God had a plan for his life. And he could not be quiet. He had to speak about the truth of the gospel. He had to speak. He was not stuck. Listen, church. Paul, Jesus wants us to move into what he has for us. The blood of Jesus does not give us amnesia of our past. You know what the blood of Jesus does? The blood of Jesus gives us life beyond our past. I need to say that again. The blood of Jesus gives us life beyond our past. Your history does not define your destiny. Your history does not define your destiny. Yes, you once was this and that, and we all have that fill up the blank. But the destiny that God has for you, it's greater than your past. Because your past is not his future. Do you know that song? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided, sing it with me, to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. 
No matter what's going on in front of you, there's no turning back. And this song is such a powerful song because if you know the story of the song of this missionary and his family, this song came of a time of sorrow and pain when his family was murdered. And he was looking at Jesus, not turning back. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to keep preaching the good news of the gospel. I'm going to keep moving forward. There is no turning back. The cross is before me. The world is behind me. The world is behind me. John chapter 8, verse 10 through 11 says, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? Well, this, yes, sorry. I, I'm, I'm losing my, my, my place. And I'm going to talk about the story of the woman of adultery that was caught in adultery. So then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And in this story, in John, there is a woman that was caught in adultery, and here they are, here are the Pharisees, hey Jesus, what are you going to do now? She was caught in adultery. She was caught in the things that she was doing that was putting her in the eyes of the world in that moment, in the eyes of that town as a woman that was promiscuous, as unworthy. And in that moment, as she is falling down on the floor, Jesus started writing something and I cannot imagine what was going on through the mind of this woman. What is about to happen? I'm about to be stoned. I'm about to be killed. And Jesus is writing something. And I would love to know what he was writing. But in my heart, I feel that he was writing, there's a plan and a future for you, daughter. You're about to go into the plan I have for you. And in this chapter talks about how Jesus stood up and said, okay, whoever has no sin, then throw this, the first stone. Come on, let's go. Whoever has no sin, whoever didn't sin, come on, throw the first stone. Let's go. You want a rock? And the Bible says that they dropped the rocks down and left. And this is when the chapter takes on. Didn't, didn't even one of them condemn you. No, Lord, she said. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And you know what go and sin no more means? Go and don't look back. Go and don't look at your past. Go and be clean and set free and go into the future that I have for you. Go. Go because I have a plan for you. Church, one cannot be both a victim and a victor at the same time. One cannot be both victim and a victor at the same time. Because God has given you victory. But if you continue to be in that victim mentality, you cannot move forward. I want to just give you a little illustration. Where is my little stuffy? There is a stuffy right here. John, did you move my stuffy?
There was a, a little stuffy right here, and I, and I want everybody to. Okay. Well, all right. Listen, Josh. This was not planned, I promise. This is not staged. You see this guy right here? I know you like it. I get it. I'll give it to you after, Josh. You know I'm a boy, ma'am, when? I have a stuffy that is, uh, what is this? Batman. Here we go. So I, I want to talk about an illustration. I love stuffies. We have like a million stuffies. If you were part of Embrace, uh, you understand what I'm talking about. So in this illustration, I just, I, I really want to talk about how we have been holding on to the past and how God wants to give, you, give us something better. And I want to ask um, my friend Maggie to come and help me. Oh, there you are. Sorry. To come and help me as I talk about this illustration. So how many times this stuffy is going to become my past, my hurt, my pain? And this stuffy represents the pain that have been caused by being sexually molested at age six. This, this stuffy represents... Um, divorce when I was 26 years old. This stuffy represents pain of rejection, of labels, of things that uh, people put on me and things that I allowed in. And for the longest time, I remember the Lord just ministering to me and helping me understand how my past have been controlling my future because I have been looking at my future, my destiny, but attached to my past. So in this illustration that I want you to see is how we are just so attached to it. And But Jesus, I'm a Christian, I love you, but I have unforgiveness but I have pain but look what they did to me but look at the labels I have on me but Jesus I, I, I this is comfortable and then Jesus I'm looking at Jesus Jesus is looking at me and he's stretching his hand and I say but Jesus no I just don't look at it look it's Batman it's cute it's little it fits on my arm I don't have a pocket so I can't say that um, and I can take it everywhere I go. And Jesus, but you love me. And Jesus is saying, but I have something else for you. I want to set you free. But I'm like, no, Jesus, I just like it. I, I want it. And Jesus is saying, but come on, get closer. Just give it to me. And I'm looking at it. How many times we're looking at our past, but, but, but that was comfortable. That was, that was something that I really enjoyed, Jesus. That was the past that I really enjoyed. That, that was fun. Jesus say, no, 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 give it to me. And when there is an exchange in that moment when you say yes to Jesus and no to the past, there's something that happens. Ah! Yes! Look at it! It's bigger and it's fluffier. Thank you, Maggie. And it's so cute! You know I'm a girl. And I'm always, like, excited for stuffies. But anyway... So do you see this stuffy right here? 
that represents the more that God has for you and me. And if we continue to get stuck in that stuffy that we've been holding on for so many years that has memories. I don't know if you have a blanket, a stuffy that you're still holding on. That's okay. There's no judgment. That's okay. But I just want you to know that the representation in the spiritual realm of that is that God is, wants us to let go. Let go of your past so you can receive the future that God for, for you. And Jesus said to this woman, sin no more. Sin was your past, but godliness is your future. Guilt was your past, but freedom is your future. Shame was your past, but dignity is your future. Nakedness was your past, but garments of plunder are your future. Come on, it's time for the exchange, church. It's time for us to exchange our past for the future that God has for us. First John chapter 5, verse 4. And I'm getting close to the end. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Come on, church. It's time for us to live in victory. Not talk about victory, but live in victory. There's two things. There is two things that we need to stay away from. And one of them is complacency. And the other one is compromise. We're going to talk about complacency first. Complacency, I call it the silent killer. A feeling of content, contentment, of self-satisfaction. The reason complacency is dangerous is because it is subtle. It is subtle. Complacency is the perfect tool the enemy uses to lure us into a false sense of entitlement. When we reach a point where we're satisfied with our faith, the Bible warns us against complacency, which is a false security that creates a lukewarm faith. Lukewarm faith. Let's go into compromise. To compromise is to make accommodations for someone who does not agree with a certain set of standards or rules. What makes compromise so dangerous is the subtle way it approaches us. Compromise says that we can have an idol in our lives and keep Jesus too. There is room on the shelf for one more object of worship, right? And what's the harm since we still have Jesus? That's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the enemy. And these two things complacency and compromise are the two things and tools and, and, and weapons the enemy have been using against the church for years and years and years. And it's time for you, church, to wake up. It's time for you, church, to know that God has called you to look forward, not at your past, but look forward at the future that he has for your life. Amen? Are you ready to take the risk this morning? Are you ready to take that risk this morning? What is stopping you, church? What is stopping you from praying again? What is stopping you from hoping again? What is stopping you from surrendering again? What is stopping you, church, from proclaiming God's promises again? 
It is our time to stop looking back on a rear view mirror and look forward to what God has for you. I'm a mom of two boys. And very often, they are very passionate boys. And often as I'm driving, they get in a disagreement and start fighting. So I find myself often kind of like driving and be like, oh, don't you dare. Mama's going to reach out and you're going to know who's boss. And I hear the little voices, no, mom, we're going to stop. We're going to stop. No, mom, we're stop. We're stop. No worries. So how many times the voices of the enemy try to distract us in our journey of life? For us to get distracted and to stop looking at the journey and the trajectory that we have with Jesus. Stop listening to those voices today, church. We're declaring today. We're declaring today, goodbye fear. Goodbye guilt. Goodbye shame. Goodbye pain. We're declaring this today. Hello peace. Come on, hello joy. Come on, hello love. Come on, hello strength. We are declaring that in the name of Jesus. And this morning, I want you to know that God is ready to give you a plan and a future and a hope. That you are not alone in this life, in this journey. That he is with you. He is with you. That your past is not his future. His future is great. And this is the time for you to hold on to the garments of Jesus. And say, Jesus, here I am. I am ready for what you have for me. I am ready. And I love this song that says, fear is not my future. And as a few weeks ago, as I was preparing, uh, actually the pastoral team and staff team, we were praying in the upper room on a Thursday morning. The Lord spoke to me. And he said, Lismar, many in the church are stuck, are stuck in their past, are stuck just like Lot's wife. And the message that I have for you to give is for them to look at me, stare, eye of the tiger, stare at me, and don't look back. He did not say eye of the tiger, that was me, I did that. But look at me. And he wants to encourage you this morning. Not to look back at your past, but to look forward at the future that he has for you. Amen? Come on, church. I'm going to give you an opportunity now to respond to God. If this message spoke to you, whether you're here for the first time and you want to get to know Jesus, one thing is to know about Jesus and one thing is to know Jesus if you want to know Jesus if you want to know the Father this is your opportunity so with every head bow and eye closed I want to give an opportunity for you to respond to this this moment of salvation if you're saying yes Lismar I've been I've been looking at my past I've been living in my past actually I want to move forward or if you're rededicating your life to Jesus this is your moment to say yes to God so with every head bow and every eye closed, if you're saying yes to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand right there where you are. Right there where you are. I see you. I see you. I see you. 
I see those hands. Church and in faith, we're going to pray together this prayer with them. And pray with me, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I leave my past and receive the future that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Let's give thanks to God for those that say yes to him.